Good morning, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and today we're doing Renegade Times. Yes, because this is the only episode that I don't have to be prepared. <laughs> so, yeah. I hope you guys had a good Christmas. I hope you guys will have a great New Year. Stay safe. Be safe, please. I don't want no drunken renegades getting hurt, so I love you. Okay? I love y'all. So here's a status update, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. But Rogue Radio has reached 58 countries. That's insane. And I know I do this a lot, um, but I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Like, you're listening to a girl who thought that no one would ever listen to her voice and 58 countries do that's incredible to me that's humbling and i'm just like in my head i'm like you guys are listening to little old me rant shout curse and get angry (laughs) and get heated and get passionate about what i talk about and it matters to you guys and that that's really cool to me um even the smallest countries like mauritius uh which is an island country off the coast of madagascar listen and i'm just like even the smallest countries are listening i I really don't know where to go from here guys (laughs) i really don't i'm still astounded i am and i mean it I'm not sitting here saying or pretending to be flattered. I am. I'm very flattered. And it's unbelievable. I mean, you listeners, all of my listeners, you're unbelievable. You're incredible. And I thank you. I'm so grateful for you. I appreciate you. And I truly do love you because you think that my voice matters just by listening. He woke me up this morning on my windowsill. I'm so happy. I still get to see him. Listen, if you're new here, Hopper is the mascot for Rogue Radio. He's a sparrow that likes to sit on my windowsill and wake me up. Not not a joke. I think it's because I fed him bread once and he just never left. <laughs> but no, I've been having some interesting experiences with sparrows and... Each time, it it kind of astounds me. I don't know what it is, um, but it I don't know. Uh, if I believe in spirit animals, that would probably be my spirit animal. <laughs> anyway, let's go to our least favorite section of the podcast episode here, and let's do politics.
Now listen, before I even get into this article, let me just say I love people who are different from me. It gives me a chance to understand them better. That's okay. All right. That especially the LGBTQ, they get hated on a little too much and I want to extend my love. All right. But listen, when it comes to the trans people in politics, this is just my opinion. If it's not real, if it, there's no facts behind it, then go ahead and throw it in the bin, okay? I'm just saying that I think that trans people in politics, I don't know, I don't want to say that they're not real, but I do want to say that I think that the reason why there are trans people in politics is just to get the LGBTQ vote. They're not real transgender people. They're not real people who have gone through that. I mean, they have crisis actors out there. You really don't think that the White House has decided to dress up a man to look like a woman and say that I am a woman when, you know, that's the big thing right now? That's just my opinion. That's a conspiracy all in itself. But let's just get into this real quick. Top Biden official pushed big tech to censor misinformation on trans care for minors video shows. We need to collectively advocate for our uh, tech companies to create healthier, cleaner information. uh, Yeah, healthier. Wow. A healthy and cleaner information environment. Whatever. Okay. U.S. Assistant Secretary of Health Rachel Levine Um, who identifies as a transgender female, um, advocated for big tech censorship of misinformation related to gender-affirming care a surface video shows. Levine, the first transgender official to be confirmed by the Senate, uh, was in the past uh, advocated for transgender care for minors, which opponents highlight is often irreversible and damaging to children. It is. Like, I don't care. I don't care what, you know, teens say or minors say. They, their brains are not developed enough in order to make final decisions like that. Cutting off a limb or cutting off your breasts or your penis is a final decision. You can't get that reattached. You can't get that back. So, I'm just saying that children... Minors are uh, impulsive, they're irresponsible, and that's why they need to be protected. I don't care if they feel like they're a woman in a man's body or a man in a woman's body. It doesn't matter because they're still minors. There's a reason why there is a minor block. There's a reason why minors can't do things is because they might regret it in the future. There's a whole documentary of adults actually getting gender reassignment surgery and regretting it. There's a whole documentary on it on YouTube. Go ahead and look it up. And I I just, why isn't this being talked about? Hmm? Why isn't this being talked about? But it's okay for doctors 
to illegally cut off the breasts of teen girls and the penises of teen boys just because they feel a certain way, right? Alright. There is substantial misinformation about gender-affirming care for transgender and gender-diverse individuals, Levine said back in May during presentation for the Federation of State uh, Medical Boards in New Orleans, the Washington Times highlighted. We need to get our voices in the public eye, and we know how effective our medical community can be talking to communities, whether um, it's at town halls, schools, conversations with others, and the need to use our clinicians' voice to collectively advocate for our tech companies to create a healthier, cleaner information environment. Levine continued. Okay. Um, Let's see. The comments resurfaced as uh, new so-called Twitter files uncovered government agencies like the FBI working with Twitter to crack down on misinformation surrounding a number of issues. Popular account uh, Libs of TikTok captioned the video clip, Rachel Levine calls for big tech to censor health misinformation impacting gender-affirming care says gender affirming care has a positive value for youth it doesn't because the youth don't know what they want okay it doesn't matter i can't once they turn 18 they can do whatever the hell they want that's me i'm old school i believe that some old school things should still be in practice and when it comes to mutilating teenagers because of their impulse to be wanting to to want to be loved there's <clears throat> there's a lot of reasons why people end up being transgender and one of the reasons is because they lack love sometimes i'm not saying all the time because it's not a fact it's not a whole fact at least okay most of the time when someone decides oh well I want to be transgender or I feel this certain way is because they lack love in the home. They lack a father in the home, a true father in the home. They also probably see a sibling that is a different gender of them. They get more attention or they actually don't look like the ideal girl or boy. So they think that, oh, well, maybe it's because... I, I should be this way or I should be that way. Not to mention that society has rammed this shit down their throats. The toxic side of the LGBTQ community has said, in order for you to be loved, you need to be part of us. You need to be a part of the LGBTQ. If not, then you're sexist, you're racist, you're white, you're this, you're that, you're ableist, you're this, you're that. And you're homophobic, you're transphobic, all of this other shit, okay? Kids aren't allowed to have their own mind right now. They're not allowed to make up their own mind because if they don't, or because if they do, they're going to be called these things. It's verbal lynching. 
and children are getting the worst of it because not only are they being taught about genders and masturbation and how to touch yourself and how it's okay to touch yourself and how it's okay to tell your parents that you want gender reassignment surgery or that there's critical race theory telling kids that if they're white they're automatically racist and they don't need to, they don't need love they shouldn't deserve love all because of the fucking color of their skin or the gender that they have that if they're a boy then they're going to be misogynistic abusive assholes when they grow up do you understand where i'm coming from because a lot of people probably won't because all they care about is the acceptance of the society today, especially the youth, okay? They see all of these kids on TikTok and social media everywhere that are either transgender or are ableist, meaning that they fake certain disabilities like Tourette's and Down, not Down syndrome, I'm so sorry, um, like Tourette's and bipolar disorder and ADHD and autism. They pretend to have these things in order to be accepted so therefore why why is it not (laughs) why do you think it's a possibility why do you think that it's not a possibility that kids will choose to be homosexual or transgender in order to be accepted and loved into a certain community because the way that they truly are is not acceptable to that community because they're going to be called ableist they're going to be called um homophobic or transphobic or white or misogynistic or white privileged or male privileged or whatever the fuck they they say now they say racist things to people that choose not to be or they believe that they don't need to be in the lgbtq so therefore they call them racist terms Because they think that they're racist because they're not a part of their community. Have I, have I, have I, um, man, I lost my train of thought. Have I clarified it enough for you guys? Have I clarified it enough? They want your kids to be mutilated in order to (sighs) propagandate this agenda that they have that oh we care for the youth they we care for them that's why we want to you know illegally give people surgeries or teens surgeries because they feel this way no a child's mind changes all of the time There's a reason why some children, especially teenagers, they get emotional and they want to be this way one day and they want to be something else the next, okay? Usually it has to be around, like, school-related stuff. But, hello? I understand that sexuality is very important to you guys and gender is very important to you guys, but listen, leave the fucking youth alone. They're already confused. They're already going through shit. They feel and experience so much more than anybody in any age group. And you're taking advantage of that. 
You're taking advantage of their innocence and you make me sick. You do. You make me fucking sick. The fact that the toxic part of the LGBTQ has decided to wage war against the youth in order to get more youth involved in their depravity is disgusting. We really want to debase our treatment and to affirm and to support and empower these youth not to limit their participation in sports and even limit their ability to gen- to get gender affirmation treatment in their state, Levine said in July, MSNBC Daily Wire reported. Levine last year claimed the title of the first female four-star officer um, in a video boasting about diversity for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I am honored to serve as the first female four-star officer of the U.S. Public Health Service um, Commissioned Corps and the first openly transgender four-star officer to serve across any of the eight uniformed services, the officer said, the official said. This is a momentous occasion, Levine uh, continued in the address post swearing in. And I am honored to take this role for the impact that I can make and for the historic nature of what it symbolizes. Yeah, you're just going to kill teens, right? That's another thing. If you don't actually check the vitals of a child, they might actually die in surgery because of your fucking reassignment. But, you know, that's in, I wouldn't say rare cases, but that's in extreme cases. But you also have to weigh that one in too, because you're getting doctors to risk their doctoral license in order to do this so they could lose their jobs, they could lose their passion in order to do this. And it's stupid. I'm sorry. I think it's stupid just because, like I said, teens' minds can change. They always change. Okay? Children are influenced by a lot, especially social media. So you really don't think that a child can say, oh, I I think I'm transgender. And then the next day be like, oh, no, I I don't want to be that way. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why teens and children are being protected by the government. They should be anyways. Now, more than ever, I see that that protective barrier around them is getting smaller and smaller. And it's sick. Diversity makes us stronger, the secretary asserted. Um, Each person has a different perspective and um, different strengths that they bring to make the whole community stronger. The time is now for our country to continue to move to move the bar forward for diversity 
and I am proud to wear this uniform and answer that call. Levine went to promise a commitment to follow the science to build healthier future where we work to create an environment in which no one is left behind. I don't like that. Like I said, like, no. There are children out there that don't know what they fucking want. There's a reason. There's a reason why children always, like, sway from one side to the other. It's because they're still learning. They're still learning how to be themselves. They're still finding out who the fuck they are. And how dare you tell them who they should be? guys remember that snowstorm it was actually pretty bad usually all the all the time like every single season is like we're gonna get the worst snowstorm of the year and sometimes we just get a little dusting well this time it actually happened i remember because i had to block my windows because it was so freaking cold and yeah guess who didn't give a shit yeah biden because I know that some people actually lost power and had to brave the storm and find ways to keep warm and everything. So yeah, we're gonna read this article. He doesn't give a shit. While Americans face deadly cold snap, Biden's off in the sunny Virgin Islands. Yeah. I mean, it's not a surprise, but President Joe Biden and his wife, Jill. And they should have named them Jack and Jill. <laughs> but it's cool. Joe and Jill went up the Virgin Island Hill. There's a joke in there somewhere, but I'm, I'm too lazy to figure it out. Anyway, being slammed for heading off on the New Year's vacation uh, to the Virgin Islands while Americans across the nation suffer freezing temperatures and have... Reportedly left at least 70 people dead, prompting outage, uh, outrage on social media. The Biden's destination to the Caribbean island of St. Croix um, is currently seeing temperatures well above 80 degrees and hosted the couple in 2014, 2016, and 2015. The Bidens have visited the Caribbean every year since 2008, the Daily Mail noted. The president... And First Lady will leave on Tuesday before returning to Washington, D.C. on January 2nd. Joe and Jill are headed to sunny, warm St. Croix, uh, U.S. Virgin Islands, for a little vacation while people in Buffalo are freezing to death in their cars. Uh, He doesn't give a shit. One conservative critic fumed. Um, Other comments included... Joe is the warm virgin. Joe is in the warm. <laughs> He's definitely not a virgin. Mm-mm, baby, baby toucher, baby fondler. Uh, Joe is in the warm Virgin Islands, getting ready to celebrate New Year's while Americans at home freeze to death. 
Buffalo citizens are freezing and dying while Joe Biden bikes on the Virgin Islands. And I remember a time when presidents at least made an effort to fight compa- with to feign compassion, um, leadership, sacrifice, etc. A time when optics mattered, not the president or not this president. Sorry. While half the country freezes, this asshole runs off to the Virgin Islands. Every state in the continental United States saw temperatures drop below freezing over the weekend. In Buffalo, New York, at least 28 people died due to the freezing temperatures and massive snowfall. Although hundreds of flights have been canceled across the nation because of um, the severe weather. Let's see, the Bidens will be flying on Air Force One. Thousands of flights scheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday were canceled um, by Southwest Airlines by midday um, Eastern Time. Tuesday, over 29,000 U.S. flights were canceled and another 24, I'm sorry, 2,900, then 2,400 others delayed, according to uh, the Flight Aware. Okay. Last Thursday, 2,600 flights were canceled in the U.S., New York Times reported. Um, In the first 589 uh, days, Biden served as president. Um, He spent 234 days, roughly 40% on vacation. The Post-New York noted in August with 70% of his vacation time spent at his homes in Delaware. Okay, White House spokesman Andrew Bates defended Biden's vacation, saying the presidency is a nonstop job uh, that chief executives can uh, do from anywhere in the world, regardless of location. He has taken fewer vacations than the modern norm. Being somewhere other than the White House is not the same thing as being on vacation. Yeah, um, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. I mean, I could say more, but I have said it before. I mean, there's people that back him that say tax the rich. How about we tax you, asshole? That way you don't have to go to the fucking Virgin Islands every fucking year. Spending our tax dollars on going biking on the beach, which I don't know how the fuck you're going to be doing that. Since the sand will make the tires sink, but it's cool. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, my podcast father is uh, in the news today. So Joe Rogan tears into Jimmy Kimmel. Um, he's done some pretty outrageous shit back in the day. Blackface. Oh, shit. Okay, I need to know. I need to know. Joe Rogan, host of the Joe Rogan Experience. Amazing podcast, by the way. I'll shout him out. I don't think he really needs a renegade shout-out, but I haven't done a renegade shout-out in a very long time, so go ahead. Watch the Joe Rogan Experience. He has videos on Spotify as well as audio, so go ahead and watch that motherfucker because he's badass and I love him so much. Anyway, Joe Rogan, the host of uh, the Joe Rogan Experience, ripped into the leftist comedian Jimmy Kimmel during a recent episode of his show 
while he was discussing how wokeness kills comedy. The problem with that kind of stuff is it continues to go in the same direction where more and more things become forbidden and toxic, Joe Rogan said, uh, to the point where, you know, the Elon Musk joking around uh, about pronouns, about my pronouns as prosecute slash Fauci, (laughs) Jimmy Kimmel made a tweet back to him said, your pronouns are a-hole, which is pretty funny. Okay, then. Um, and so then I read that, or so then I read that, and there's people saying, please don't joke about pronouns, it's transphobic um, to joke about pronouns, he continues. So they are chiding him and participating in a joke about pronouns. Yes. So they were upset at him, even though that he was attacking the appropriate person, uh, he was doing it in a manner which is also construed as being transphobic. Like, they were talking and they were saying that his tweet is transphobic. Rogan then uh, brought up Jimmy Kimmel's past, the man show, saying, uh, I mean... He's done some pretty outrageous shit back in the day, you know, for hee-hees and ha-has. He's had a real problem with Elon from the beginning of this, but it's like he's in the leftist thought bubble. He's in the most leftist thought bubble available, which is Hollywood, Rogan said. (sighs) Hang on. And, you know, I think so. Or I think also, uh, you know, he famously... He famously, there. Uh, the way he talks is kind of interesting. I'm sorry, um, and you know, I think also, you know, the famously, or he famously, uh, there's some videos of him in blackface, and those came out, and he apologized for them, and I think he took that hit and like really doubled down on the other direction. Okay. Joe Rogan, podcast host. The problem with that kind of stuff is it continues to go in the same direction where more and more things become forbidden and toxic to the point where, you know, Elon Musk joking around about pronouns. Uh, okay, hang on. Let's just listen to him because I don't really want to. The problem with that kind of stuff is it continues to go in the same direction where more and more things become forbidden and toxic to the point where you know the elon musk joking around about my pronouns are prosecute fauci uh jimmy kimmel made a a tweet back to him he said your pronouns are ass and whole (laughs) which is pretty funny but then um yes and so then i read that and there was people (laughs) saying please don't joke about pronouns it's transphobic to joke about pronouns so they were chiding him for participating in a joke about pronouns. Which Han, is, Han, so hum it. So Jimmy Kimmel was doing it. He, oh, yeah, he was doing it, too. Yeah, he was doing it, too. Yeah. No, he was being accused of joking about yes. it, too. Yes, so they were upset at him, even though he was attacking the appropriate yeah. person. He was doing it in a manner which is also construed as being transphobic. Like, they were talking, they were saying that his tweet is transphobic. Do you think that was, in that case, do you think that's him or a writer? Can't you tell? Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah. No, it's him, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. He's a comic. Yeah, that's 
It's a good one. I mean, he used to host the Man Show. I mean, he's he's done some pretty outrageous shit back in the day. Yeah. You know, for for he he's and ha haws. No, that's a good but, joke. But, on top of a good joke. Yeah, it's a good joke. Funny thing to say. He's uh, had a real problem with uh, uh, Elon from the beginning of this thing. But it's like he's in this leftist thought bubble. Uh-huh. He's in the most leftist thought bubble available, which is Hollywood. And, you know, and I think also, you know, he famously, there's some videos of him in blackface and those came out and he had apologized for them. And I think mm-hmm. he took that hit and like really doubled down in the other direction. I mean, that's just speculation. But he, you know, now is a guy that goes after people like Elon Musk. Yeah. Which is, you know, he's, Elon is thought of as being, because he's willing to uh, put people on with uncomfortable opinions. And he's, he's like uh, releasing people that were banned from Twitter uh, because, because of things that they had said. He's like, as long as you haven't done anything illegal, I'll let you back on. Joe Rogan explains the woke mind virus perfectly. Elon Musk makes a joke using pronouns. Jimmy Kimmel retaliates and accused, gets accused of transphobia. Jimmy Kimmel has a history of blackface and misogyny, but he's desperate to protect his place in Hollywood. That's how this works. And yes, it's very true. I agree with that. It is time to take a break. Here's random news. I don't know. It's a break between world news and politics. If you have a suggestion on what <laughs> I can call this segment, please put it down in the description below. I am desperate. Thanks. Okay, so five ways to feel more positive emotions. So let's see. People often think of mental health as primarily about minimizing negative emotions, negative emotions, um, like reducing anxiety, anger, loneliness, and sadness. However, your skills for cultivating positive emotions can matter um, just as much when it comes to your overall happiness. Uh, here are five mechanisms that will help you feel abundant and positive emotions if you master these skills. They'll go a long way to uh, helping you feel like a happy person overall. Notice and appreciate simple joys. That's true. Um, as a recovery coach and someone who has like gone through mental uh, health problems in the past, a lot of people who are depressed or um, have some sort of mental illness, they focus on themselves, they focus on um, how they feel most of the time, so they forget that there are simple joys out there that um, can really boost their mood. 
So um, there's the comfort and delight all around us, um, but some people are better at noticing it than others. It's true. Uh, but you notice the cozy feeling when you get into bed each night. Uh, do you pay attention to a child's smile or the smell of their skin? That sounds creepy, but I mean babies do smell good. You know, they smell like baby powder all the time. Anyway, uh, do, <laughs> do you notice the uh, people excelling in their roles like a, a school crossing guard who does a particular job? Oh, I, I'm sorry. Spectacular. They spelt it wrong, too. Anyway. <coughs> Do you appreciate other people's creativity, like uh, the co-workers who put together unique outfits? <laughs> we don't put together unique outfits at my work. We draw on the chalkboard, and then we just add on to it until the whole thing is filled. <laughs> Which is fun. So fun, by the way. Um, such a good workplace. But appreciate what you experience regularly. Putting uh, on your comfortable slippers each morning and the novel um, you've been wanting to read. <laughs> but um, yes, I, I understand all of that. So um, I remember when I ended up going into hair school, I started... I had, I had like night school so um, every time I would come home from school I would get really anxious so at some point I started taking my time to get ready at like 5 at night to 10 so um, like that those were the times when I actually went to school 5 to 10 but um, before that from the time I woke up to five I would take my time in getting ready I would make sure that I would you know take a shower be comfortable wrap myself in a robe and like put on my makeup and eat breakfast and then make sure I have everything ready sit down and like play with my cats or um you know watch tv or something like that that way, when I came home, I wouldn't ha—I wouldn't be so anxious. That makes any sense. And even by the time I did come home, I would repeat those things before I went to bed. And um, it helps. It helps to treat yourself. A lot of people who struggle with um, self-worth or um, depression or anything like that—it's hard for someone who struggles with that stuff to love themselves and that's the one thing I had to learn on my own. Um, put yourself in situations likely to evoke positive emotion. So put yourself in situations. Do you put yourself in situations that are likely to stir positive emotions? Do you visit awe-inspiring national parks? Do you engage in new activities and sit in situations frequently? Do you incorporate uh, excitement and surprise into your life? So, I understand this, but I also kind of disagree with it. Sometimes, when you put yourself into a situation that usually you long for, like you long to be like social with people, but you have no experience, 
I mean, most of the time we usually don't have any experience when we jump into a social interaction. So that takes practice. So it will start feeling like you don't belong at first. Um, but the more you try, the easier it gets. So I would say once you jump into something like that, I wouldn't say go in with a low expectation, but know your limits. Like know your limits because a lot of people who are depressed are introverted. They want to be alone and, and all of that. So it's harder for someone who is dealing with that to be social. So I would take it baby steps, you know. Uh, as far as like treating yourself and going to get yourself a coffee or buy yourself a movie that you've always wanted, buy yourself a new outfit or a brand new pair of shoes, go ahead and do that. That's that's the thing that we need to do is love ourselves and tell ourselves that we are worthy of these things and worthy of attention and love and, and stuff like that. So target the full spectrum of positive emotions and mental health, uh, writing, there's a lot of focus on feeling calm. In reality, there is a huge variety of positive emotions um, beyond relaxation and the absence of stress. To maximize your happiness, I don't believe in happiness, I believe in joy. Joy sticks, happiness is fleeting. But that's my opinion. Uh, to maximize your happiness, you'll want to regularly experience the full uh, spectrum of positive emotions, not just a few. Some uh, examples of positive emotions are joy, okay, contentment, awe, surprise, excitement, delight, calm, satisfaction, amazement, love, connection, curiosity, pride, and vigor, zest, and energy. So what others can you think of? Add to this, your, add to this list yourself. Nostalgia, for one, is such a positive emotion. It's such a positive feeling. And to me, like, the one thing that kind of makes me feel happy um, at the end of a hard day at work or something like that is actually sitting down and watching a cartoon that I grew up watching, like Daria or Hey Arnold. Or uh, sometimes I watch adult cartoons like Bob's Burgers and Family Guy. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It just makes me feel nostalgic. It kind of reminds me of how I used to sit and watch cartoons a lot as a kid, you know, just to, I don't know, it relaxes me. So nostalgia is a very positive emotion. So yes, I'll add nostalgia to that list. What others can you think of? Okay. Um, then search for lists of positive emotions to see what you missed. If you can't think of a positive emotion label, you may not be putting much effort into experiencing that emotion. Increasing that emotion um, they del by deliberately targeting it could provide an easy or profound happiness win. So, I'm so sorry. Um, there's people arguing outside. Um, I, I, I want to keep talking that way you guys don't have to hear that. But um, the one thing that I will say is that people who are experiencing mental illness, they do want to be happy. They long to be happy. But the point of them having such a hard time achieving that is because 
They don't want to feel fake when they try to be happy. Uh, happiness is a process. Joy is a process in, in achieving. It's not something that you can just pick off from a shelf. It's something that for people who are suffering from mental illness, it is something that they have to practice each and every day. Do something that brings you joy. Say things, sing, dance, do something that makes you feel joy, makes you feel nostalgic. All those feelings that you long for, that you see in other people, do those things that trigger those positive emotions. And um, the more you start doing that, the more you're actually managing your depression, you're managing your negative feelings, your negative thoughts and everything like that because you're actually doing something that releases good endorphins within the brain, like good uh, serotonin and oxytocin. That is my new text noise. <laughs> um, so like playing with your cats or dogs or your family members, having like a card game or something like that. Spend time with people that you value, that actually bounce off good positive emotions that actually speak life into you because a lot of the time, you know, family members um, will also kind of feed into that negative emotion that you're feeling, whether it be depression, anger, bipolar, whatever. Um, so you also kind of have to cut off people who are also kind of like giving you those negative emotions or triggering those negative emotions and a lot of the time it comes from family and a lot of people get conflicted about cutting off family members i i mean i don't want to get into this because i'll be veering off the topic but family blood doesn't make you family it never will it, it doesn't it depends on like what home you come from like if you come from a good home where the parents spoke life into you, they get psyched at your at your ball game and they cheer you on and everything like that. But if you have narcissistic parents who are jealous of you or compete against you or even say terrible things or side comments or even abuse you physically, I want to let you guys know that you have no reason to keep that solical tie to your family. And I know that's such a hard thing to grasp because everyone says, well, that's your mother, that's your father. You you shouldn't be doing that to your mother or father. But I mean, what have they done to for you? Like, what have they done for you that has not been a gaslighting tool? Uh, have they not manipulated you? Like the people who are in toxic families, have they not manipulated you? Have they not hurt your feelings? Have they not made you feel less than? Like, an environment is an environment, family or not. And an environment can make or break somebody, can even kill somebody. And that's toxic. And it doesn't need to be kept. Once you have a thorn in your side, you don't keep walking with it. You pull it out and throw it away. Then you'll actually be able to treat the wound and heal from that. 
But if you keep people around that keep sticking thorns in your side, that'll kill you. That'll hurt you. The capitalization and enjoying others' successes. That's something that I've realized that I do personally in my life when I see a friend or I see somebody in my life get married or have a baby or even have like a big successful business that is starting to grow rapidly. I am so psyched for them. I get so excited <laughs> and uh, and the cool part about it is that the the environment that I'm in, they also get psyched for me whenever I do something that is progressing me as a person and you know that it's such a good environment to cheer each other on and each other's successes even if it does fail you know like cheer them on tell them not to quit even if it does fail get up and do it again and see what happens um but how you feel or how do you feel when you see other people succeeding and enjoying their lives if you feel envious or do you feel joy um and excitement on their behalf. If you only rely on your experiences to provide positive emotions, that's limiting compared of compared to if other people's experiences are also a source of positive emotions for you. Yes, um I remember a long time ago when I was depressed, it was something that I had to struggle with is that oh, this person got this position even though I, I wanted it really bad or this person started dating this person and you know I really liked them you know I had to be happy with people who took that chance because not only um, is it teaching you to be more of a go-getter it's also kind of showing that you can share in each other's successes um, John Paul DeJoria once said, you know, unshared success is a failure. So share your successes, share your emotions in it, cheer each other on. You know, that's a good thing. But number five is elicit positive emotions in others. How good are you at making other people beam with pride, laugh, smile, or feel loved? Um, relaxed, surprised, joyful, or excited? To some extent, emotions are socially contagious. Um, being around happy people is more pleasant than being around unhappy, irritated people. Yes, but perhaps most importantly, eliciting positive emotions in others allows you to enjoy those emotions too. Uh, be generous with your compliments. Uh, if you think something is nice about someone, say it. For example, give someone the compliment they didn't know they were craving and relish seeing how it boosts you know some people mm, now I'm saying this out of my own personal experience I don't know if other people do this so there have been times when I've complimented people and y'all know me if you guys have been here for a while you know that I'm I talk about how socially awkward I can be and it has been something that I've been trying and trying and trying so hard to get over because it, it, it's something that I know is has been tied to my mental health 
So it's something that I have to get rid of. It's something that I guess you could say it's a thorn in my side that I have to, you know, pull out. And the thing is, is that it's such a process. Because <laughs>、uh, a lot of the time, the things that I want to talk about aren't talked about in a room. So sometimes when I speak about a certain topic that might relate to this other topic that they're talking about, it's cool. I'm included in the conversation, but then there are also times where I'm like, should I even say that? Approaching people, though, is the hardest thing. I let people approach me. I have been attempting to、uh, approach people more and just be social and be proud of myself. And I don't think it has anything to do with any depression or anything like that. It's just something that I've kind of grown up to be is not antisocial, but just socially inexperienced. So I don't know social cues. I don't know a lot of like ways of being social and talking to people because sometimes I know even when I've done lives, I see how I am talking to. Certain people, and I'm just like, damn, like, I don't like this. I don't like the thing that I have to teach myself how to do. It's it's not something that you can actually take a class for. It's something that you have to actually learn yourself. And it, you know what? I'm doing my best. I'm proud of myself. But sometimes there have been times when I have like randomly complimented somebody in class, and they're like, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> Like okay, like it was weird that I just decided to say something to them, and maybe it's the way I delivered it. It's it's fine. It's cool because I know me. I know how awkward I can be, but sometimes it don't work, and it's a trial and error, hit and miss sort of thing, and it can be very exhausting for somebody who has depression or a mental illness. To be social and put themselves out there and talk, and and try to have these emotions, it's hard <laughs> because,、uh, for one, they don't have that emotion yet. They don't have the skills to acquire that emotion or that positive emotion yet. They are perfectly capable and they're perfectly powerful enough to. But yes, you're right. Surrounding. Jesus. No, no, no. Okay, I'm gonna pause right now. I'm gonna pause. I just I find that no. Okay. Okay. I think it's quiet enough now.、Um, I don't remember where I was at, but I'm just gonna continue reading. But it, it like I I I feel like what where I left off was you know it's hard for people who have. Struggled with social interactions to let those environments, like the positive environments, to kind of like、um, affect them and put their own emotions, like their good positive emotions, within them with other people, kind of like bouncing off each other. Like I said, it's not impossible, but like I said, it's a process. It's always a process when it comes to mental health. Um, another thing is that a lot of the time, 
especially people who struggle with mental illness, they can smell fakery. They can detect when someone is being fake in order for you to feel better. And it's like, it makes that person who is suffering in that fake environment, it's making them suffer and it makes them feel like that person who is coming off very fake to them is only doing this, is only helping you to, to benefit them, basically. It's like they don't care about you. So it depends whether those emotions are fake or real as well. But expressing yourself can elicit joy in others too. For example, wearing more color, um, displaying your artwork, or other creative pursuits or singing. Um, we can always control negative stressors, but we can, uh, to a greater extent, control and control what positive emotions we put uh, effort into experiencing. Uh, build these skills through practice and relish in the results, although the principles expressed in this post may seem simple, with effort you can become a true master of these skills, um, and you won't be the best, you won't be the best happiest person of yourself without this. No, okay. To another mental health article, study finds psychopaths may not remember emotionally negative events accurately. So, by whose perspective, though? The abuser or the psychopath? Because I don't believe a psychopath just gets born to be a psychopath. They are grown into being one. But anyway, um, new research suggests that those with psych psychopathic personality traits are less susceptible to creating false memories of negative events. Um, the findings indicate that individuals high in psychopathic trait of fearless dominance um, were less likely to produce false memories when uh, exposed to negative stimuli. Uh, likewise, individuals high in psychopathic trait of cold-heartedness tended to have fewer true memories of neutral and negative uh, events. These findings may be relevant to law enforcement mainly when gathering witness or suspect testimony from individuals high in psychopathic traits. The new study has been published in the British Journal of Psychology. I need to start reading books on psychology. It's so fascinating, but... A significant amount of memory research in uh, the last few decades has focused on memory construction and retrieval. Of particular interests uh, has been the formation of false memories. False memories can have consequences in, just, in the justice system as eyewitnesses um, report uh, that often crucial, that is, yeah, that are often crucial in investigations and convictions. In addition, individuals with psychopathic personality traits often intersect with law enforcement, making research on how they process memories relevant to determining liability and remembered events. 
Okay. 120 participants were recruited for the undergraduate programs at the University of Bari, Italy. The uh, participants were between 18 and 65 years old, with slightly more than a half being female participants with psychopathic personality inventory. Um, with the research team and the data from the from three scales, self-centered impulsivity, fearless dominance, and cold-heartedness. So these are the, these are the, wow, okay, I think I may know somebody who's a psychopath, but that's terrible to say. I'm sorry. Subjects were also asked to make measures or to take measures of working memory, anxiety, and depression. Um, after these assignments or assessments were um, completed, subjects began the memory testing. In order to induce false memories, the researchers used emotional false memory paradigm. Uh, the process exposed participants to photos uh, depicting nine scenarios, including things like a birthday party, rock climbing, and or playing a slot machine. The scenarios uh, progress into photo representations and end in either a positive or negative way. Participants uh, viewed all nine scenarios in the sequence without interruption. When this phase is completed, participants uh, are surprised uh, with a recognition memory test where they are to identify the photos they saw in phase one. This series of photos contains images they initially saw and some that depict different outcomes. As they were exposed to each photo, subjects are subjects were asked to report if they remembered the photo or if it looked familiar. The researchers found uh, differences in how these psychopathic traits process negative events and versus um, those with those traits, oh, oh, those without those traits, sorry. Those with high fearless dominance scores were much less likely to falsely remember negative events. Chiara Mira, Mirandola and colleagues have hypothesized um, that this outcome is because those individuals high in psychopathic traits do not encode the episodes with negative content to uh, the same extent as individuals with low psychopathic traits. Uh, these findings align with previous research that found psychopathic individuals had distinct uh, differences in autobiographical memory or emotional life experiences, in particular um, emotional events are remembered with less detail than those who lack psychopathic traits. So I kind of understand, because when you're emotional, so is your mind. So your mind will sometimes fill in the gaps because your emotions are in a fight or flight response. So I understand that. Participants who scored high in the psychopathic trait of cold-heartedness were less likely to accurately remember the negative emotions they were exposed to, but demonstrated no differences from the control group in the memory of positive events. The research team suggests that individuals high in cold-heartedness may struggle to process strong emotions and 
consequently fail to encode relevant information in negative situations. Some limitations of the study include the demographics uh, of the sample, for example, um, undergraduate students may not reflect the experiences of clinically diagnosed of those clinically diagnosed with psychopath psychopathology. Um, additionally, the memory test asked individuals to remember photographs that were not personal and may not reflect uh, lived experiences. Um, despite the limitations, Mirandola and colleagues explain their work is important uh, in the quest to find the truth in criminal investigations and as those with psychopathic traits may be greater may be at greater risk of indicating or interacting with law enforcement understanding their capacity to accurately uh, for accurate memory recall is crucial the research the research team concludes uh, by shedding light on the conditions of their emotion processing difficulty uh, future research should be directed to the understanding of the specific mechanisms that impair memory, in particular, the encoding of an, an event. Um, individu in individuals high in psychopathy. Okay. Okay, here is another psychology article. So, five foods that you can eat to reduce feelings of seasonal depression, according to a nutritionist. So, let's get into that. Changing seasons can impact the body and mind in ways that feel out of your control. We rely on the biological clock to regulate our mood unless overall sunlight can throw uh, that natural rhythm um, off kilter. So let's see here. Load up on omega 3s by eating fatty fish. I love fish. That's my favorite food in the whole world. Uh, foods with anti inflammatory properties are key as the seasons change, change, Olson said. Stress and negative feelings can uh, drive up inflammation in the body, uh, she said creating a vicious cycle. Above all, the recomm she recommends foods rich in omega-3 fatty acids, and these are found in abundance of fatty fish like salmon, mackerel, and herring. Let's see, high fiber foods will help your body produce happy hormones. Olsen also finds um, high in fiber uh, like beans and oats can also provide great anti-inflammatory properties. Soluble fiber, or soluble fiber, she said, dissolves into water, creating a gel-like substance which attaches to uh, toxins in the body that can drive up um, inflammation and cholesterol. Fiber also uh, feeds the bacteria in your gut, uh, creating a healthy microbiome, she said. Um, our gut produces happy hormones like serotonin, dopamine, and uh, gamma anabacteric. I'm sure I uh, got that wrong, but it, it's also pronounced GABA <laughs> or GABA. <laughs> uh, she said, which are important uh, to regulating your mood. 
let's see, uh, our gut health, keeping that healthy is the best of the best foundational things we can do to move through the seasons in a way that feels really good to us, she said. Place added sugar with fruit. Yes, there's a reason why Sporticus said that fruit is sports candy. <laughs> Olsen said uh, to especially say, or to pay attention, I'm sorry, uh, to added sugar as the seasons change because it can lead to blood sugar crashes as well as drive up inflammation in the body. Um, look out for added sugar on nutrition labels. She said 15 grams of added sugar, Olsen said, is going to spike your blood sugar and cause inflammation more than 15 grams of sugar from fruit. Um, she said, fruit also contains vitamins, minerals, and fiber, which make it much better for you than foods with mostly added sugar. Choose lean organic meat to avoid mood-impacting chemicals. So, most people who eat meat are usually getting enough daily protein, she says. The problem comes, uh, when she said, when people eat mostly processed, higher-fat meats. Uh, she said meats with high saturated fat hormones and antibiotic antibiotics can also produce inflammation throughout the body and affect your mood. Organic, grass-fed, leaner cuts of meat will help you get enough protein to feel full and have energy as well as reduce the amount of mood impacting chemicals in your body. She said a few processed foods here and there won't hurt you though. True, but it can also be turned into a habit. Um, as cliche as it is, uh, moderation is key. It doesn't mean that you can't ever go out and have a hamburger and fries with your friends or you're with your family. But I think it's about what uh, are you doing the majority of the time, she says. Very true. And that is it for uh, Renegade Times. I have to get ready for work. Um, but thank you guys for listening. I will see you in the trenches next time. Bye-bye.